Sammy Stewart is the president and CEO of FM Bank. On this episode of Clarksville's Conversation, he joins Charlie Coon and Katie Gamble and talks about his incredible journey from a butcher to being an auctioneer to eventually working in banking and everything in between. Tune in for this incredible story about a man who has done a whole lot in his life and learn why some of the best opportunities in life come from unexpected places. Sammy, thank you for joining us today. We're excited to talk to you and hear your story. I know Charlie tells me a lot of things about you that I've never heard of. I They're all good. But he does. Yeah. No, it's, well, I, I promise it's that. all good. It's all good. He thinks very highly of you. I, so. I appreciate that. I've been looking forward to having this conversation, getting to know you a little better. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So I don't even know where to start. I know, what is your CEO, president? What is your title at f and I am president, CEO. All of the above. And, and chairman of the board. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what I do. I do it's anything that needs to be done. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. We've got a great organization, but we've got good people. Yeah. Well, it all kind of trickles down. That's kind of what I've learned. Mm-hmm. It's kind of wise to surround yourself by people that are smarter than you. That's what I try to do. That's anyway. always been my strategy is I always hire somebody smarter than me. And generally that hadn't been a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm yeah. the same way. Well, you didn't just like wake up one day and all of a sudden you're president, CEO, chairman of the board. So where did you start your career at? Well, you know, I never in my wildest dream thought I'd ever be in the banking business to start with. Uh-huh. But, you know, my my first job, looking back some 44 or 5 years ago, was uh, uh, sacking groceries at a IGA grocery store in Guthrie, Kentucky, when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and as I, I worked there for a while, and and I went in, I wanted to do more in the store, so I, uh, you know, I was running cash register, and that was a big deal back then, because oh, yeah. you really had to count money and do Oh, things. you didn't have the scanning beam Oh, thing. no, no, yeah. no, no, <laughs> you pushed those big buttons. And I did that in so, college. So that was a big deal, and, and uh, uh, but the people that were making the money in the store were the meat cutters. Mm-hmm. They, they were special, and so I said, I want to learn how to do that, and so... They taught me how to cut meat, and uh, and so I ended up working in that. And and when they built a new store in what they call Tiny Town area, if you're familiar with it out there, uh, I went out there and and I started to work in the meat department. And uh, so I wor- I worked in that. When I got out of out of high school, my father was pretty sick, and I didn't go to college at that point. I stayed home and I worked. And uh, so then I went to I went to uh, Austin P a year later, mm-hmm. and and I was working in that store at IGA, and so I got to know Ray Stone. At uh, it was Big Star, which is the the Mexican restaurant now out there at St. B. So Big Star was a restaurant, not a Big Star was a grocery store. Okay, because so I had Big Stars where I grew up in Arkansas yeah, too. Big yeah. Star was a was a privately owned grocery store mm-hmm. with Ray Stone and Bon Welch, and uh, so. Uh, Ray gave me a job working there um, and, and as a butcher, and uh, so, uh, you know, I enjoyed that, but I knew that, of course, I was raised up, you know, in a, in a rural community of Adams, and I farmed, raised tobacco, and uh, that's why you got your Christmas money. You'd raise a little yeah. tobacco and sell it at Christmas and get your money. I knew I didn't want to raise tobacco all my life. Mm-hmm. 
And then after I cut meat for uh, a couple, three years there, I knew I didn't want to do that all my life either because some of those hind quarters and front quarters that came in from Frosty Morn at the time were, were bigger than me. I was a little oh, guy wow. back then. Yeah. And so you had to learn how to pick them up, had to get them out there, break them down and do all that. Where today they, you know, these grocery stores, I think a lot of it comes already pre-cut and, you know, the butchers mm -hmm. have a little different job. But... I knew I didn't want to do that, and, and uh, um, I wanted to get into business. And I had an uncle that uh, up in Evansville that was in the real estate business and very successful. And he'd come down, he, we'd go to family events, and he'd say, you ought to think about that, you ought to think about that. And so uh, I got to know some people there. Uh, at the, if you remember where the old post office was in St. B, it was just a little old jagged mm -hmm. building. Wasn't it by like the Dollar General? At well, it, yeah, you, but you know where Mapco's at now. Yeah. See, there was a little road in there and it was just okay. a little bitty old building. So I went to work uh, at, at All Star Realty. I got to know those ladies. And I went to work at All Star Realty as a affiliate broker and uh, got to selling real estate and really enjoyed that. And I thought, uh, you know, I could see this really being my career. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then eventually I got into, uh, I was, my, my father was in the, the furniture and antiques, did a lot of things like that at Guthrie, and we went to a lot of auction sales. And so uh, I decided that, uh, you know, I believe I want to be an auctioneer too, because I, Brandon Key, uh, who is, uh, was one of the great auctioneers and, and uh, uh, you know, still lives here in this community, um, he did all of our sales and was a great friend of our family. And uh, so I went to Brandon and I said, hey, I believe I want to be an auctioneer. And he said, okay, what you got to do, you got to go to school. And I went to Decatur, Indiana and uh, got my auction license. How long does it take to get a license to be an auctioneer? Uh, well, to get the license is, uh, it's, I had to go to a two-week school, three-week school there. Okay. And, and then you just have to learn how to do that. Because I've heard you do it. I just wondered how someone learns to be an auctioneer. Yeah, you know? and of course, that's been 40 years now. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, different auctioneers have different styles depending on what you sell and, you know, mm -hmm. but um, uh, so, so I, I went there and I, and I went to auction school, came back here and went to work with Brandon every weekend. And then I finally moved my real estate license with him. And, um, and it had, had a, that was an interesting time, um, you know, that was in late 70s. And um, so... It just so happened that we were doing some farm sales and uh, uh, and got to know a, a couple of people. And one of those was Dotson Gwynn, who, who uh, with Northern Bank of Tennessee, is the oldest bank in the state, which is now where the Regents Bank building is downtown. So I got to know Dotson. And so an opportunity came up uh, to go to work at Northern Bank uh, in the real estate side, doing appraisals and that mm -hmm. type of thing. And and real estate business was a little tough. wasn't making a whole lot of money, and uh, uh, so uh, had an opportunity to go, and I took that job. And uh, so that's kind of where I entered into the banking business was doing real estate work and anything that needed to be done. I mean, I, I, I pretty well did it all. And then, um, of course, it was about 11, 10 or eleven years there with Northern Bank. Then they sold out the First American Bank out of Nashville. Uh, and then um, had an opportunity with John Wallace uh, Sr. Uh, to go over to Farmers and Merchants at that time. Mm -hmm. Had just came into Clarksville because mm -hmm. at one time you couldn't branch out of your county. 
if you if you were Montgomery County, you had to stay here. You couldn't branch into Stewart other. So they changed the banking laws, and uh, so John decided he wanted to come to Clarksville, and so he he uh, opened up an office here. I went to work for him then, and so that's been 30 years, and uh, so that that's my career's 40 years now in the banking business, and it's all been right here in Clarksville. Clarksville. It's kind of interesting because. You know, you said I never set out to do this. I think that's how most people fall into a career. I went to nursing school. Yeah. And so I, I think you just have to be willing to see the opportunities and kind of course correct, right? When the door opens, you need to take take some mm-hmm. take some chances sometimes and uh, it may be right for you, may not. But the thing about it is, you got to enjoy what you're doing. And and I've had that conversation with 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 many younger people that are in school, trying to get that, trying to figure out what they're going to major in. You know, what you major in today may not have anything to do with what you do the rest it's of your life. It's hard to figure out what you're going to enjoy doing you right out know. of high school. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and you need to work for somebody that you know that you can get along with and enjoy working with too that's a big piece of it yeah if if my math teacher at joe burns high school is where i went to high school in cedar mm-hmm. hill if, if you'd have told him then i was going to be president of a bank he'd have probably laughed right all the way out the door <laughs> mm-hmm. because you would think that that's going to be the most important thing and and uh but uh it's uh you know street smarts will get you a long way yeah they'll get you a long way but the key to key to any organizations you start a conversation that with is is just surround yourself with good people mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and you know things work out and we have been very fortunate to go from being a 23 million dollar bank probably when it came from Stewart County into Montgomery County and now we're a, we're a billion 150 in 10 counties mm-hmm. and uh, it's all because of people it's not because we went out and just bought a bunch of buildings you know, it takes people first well you also haven't just been planted right where you were you've tried to look ahead and go okay you know what's the trends how are we going to grow what do we need to do next and be in front of that not behind that right and you've got to always keep your eyes out there you know competition's pretty fierce and, uh, uh, and we, I think we have a certain style of banking that uh, um, is, is attractive in some areas, some areas it may not be. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, just, you know, right downtown Nashville, it, it may not be the exact feel that we have in all of our in communities. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but um, uh, I, I, like, I like what we do and I, and I think our, uh, our customers have been pretty loyal to us over this period of time. Do you think that customer loyalty has been built? Because I feel like the F&M has really built a brand around community. And people like to do business with people they think care. I would like to think that. And, mm-hmm. and I think it, a lot of it is individual relationships that, uh, especially on the lending side, you know, I, I'm, we are making loans to people now, to young men and women that I made uh, their parents and and their parents' parents' loans mm-hmm. that you know the the different generations all this period of time, and and the, the the greatest thing is to take somebody like that that's your first banking experience, and then look down the road forty years from now, and I can think of several at how successful they are today mm-hmm. in this community and the pillars of the community, and uh, and and that's pretty rewarding. Mm-hmm. Where where did you get that sense of community from? Because you know, you know, I work, I work for you, and you know, we talk about community and support in all of our counties on every day, just about. Yeah. Where, where did that come from? You know, probably early in my banking uh, career, 
I was not as involved in the community as as I have been in the past 30 years. But, you know, a lot of that was, um, uh, John. I'll give John Wallace a lot of credit. John and I sat down one day and we, we kind of mapped out what what my goals ought to be. And, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, I wanted to be president of the Chamber of Commerce. I wanted to be the chairman of the industrial board and, and some of those things and how I would get to those points and, and to be chairman of the Tennessee Bankers Association, you know, for our industry and to, to be chair of that. And so we kind of we kind of mapped it out, and, and and you know he was a great influence for me to get me to those points. And so getting in the chamber was important. You know, probably one of the biggest biggest uh, uh, factors I think that I can contribute is to leadership Clarksville. When I went through leadership Clarksville, that was in '92. Best class uh, ever, you know what they always say. It, it's the best class huh. ever. I just want to make sure I said the right year. <laughs> it was '92, and uh, we had a great class. And it's like all of them, you build those relationships. But you know, I had been, you know, when I was in Guthrie, or, or, or of course, I, I was, uh, I was still in 18 years old, something of that neighborhood when I moved into Clarksville, and. And I never was politically involved. I really didn't go vote, didn't care about voting. It mm -hmm. wasn't important to me. And so when I went through leadership Clarksville, um, you know, it, back in those days, you, you may not remember it, but there, there was a lot of controversy between the school board and the county commission all the time. And, 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 the, and the school board has a tough job because, you know, they've got to give you the best education for your kids and have the facilities and, and everything goes with that and no money. Yeah, on a budget, yeah. No money. And so all their money's got to come from somebody else. So if you always have to go out and ask for it. And so they were always, and see me like in a battle all the time. And so uh, I went through leadership Clarksville and there were several of us in there that, uh, I, I don't know, seemed like we got a little inspired by it and politically and so when when I got out of leadership Clarksville I went straight down and uh, I forgot exactly how the timing went but uh, I got um, registered to vote and picked up my petition run for county commission at the same time. Oh, wow. <laughs> same day. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so uh, I was fortunate enough, lived out in, in District 3, and I was fortunate enough to run out there and won. And uh, I ran two terms, eight years. Uh, but that was probably one of the most rewarding times. Mm -hmm. You know, Sango was, was kind of in a, in a lot young compared to what it is today. Everybody was wanting to kind of move out in that direction, and the people that were in Sango, a lot of times, you know, they, they didn't want anybody else out they there. They didn't want it, yeah. It was kind of like, let's build a fence around this place. And so so that was the tough job of trying to balance what the constituents wanted uh, and their concerns were and, and, and property rights of people. You know, somebody wanted to sell their farm or whatever. I mean, you, you had to give them some, some benefit, too. And, and I voted against... You know some some builders and different things that you know that I'd catch catch a little flag. And your banker, so yeah, that was probably so, tough. Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, and, I, and I had some that you know that say, hey, that you know we, we, we won't be able to bank with you anymore because this. And I said, you need to understand the bank didn't make its decision. Mm -hmm. You know this is my decision personally. I'm a resident of the county in District Three, and so most everybody was pretty reasonable. I I, I don't think I had anybody. I, I think you could sit down and talk to people and. I, one thing that I liked is, is instead of trying, and, and it's worked in business, instead of trying to have a hard, fast decision on something is 
how do you make something work? Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just absolutely no, how do you make it a maybe and then go to a yes or yeah. to get everybody happy? How can we compromise? How can you do that? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, one of the one of the most satisfying things I had out there was there was a road, and I can't remember the name of it now, but it's an old gravel road, several houses out there. They couldn't ever get the county to do anything with it. The county wouldn't spend the money because the developer didn't put the road in right. And uh, so we, they talked to me about it, and, and, and I talked to the county uh, executive at the time and, and the road commissioner. And so they said, um, uh, I, I'd ask them, I said, well, if I could get them to pay for half of it, would y'all take care of it, the rest of it? And they agreed to do that. And so I went door to door and, and talked to the residents over there and got their commitments that they'd write me a check. Wow. And I raised, I've got thirteen or $14,000, because it wasn't all that long, and it wasn't going to take a lot of money to do it. Raised the money, and they paved that road for them. Well, you, I had me 14, 15 votes there pretty good most yeah. of the time. <laughs> yeah. But I was more proud just to see it get yeah. done. But but being on the county commission was a, was a great experience. I recommend it, and it gets in your blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, politics... Uh, it's, it's pretty tough, and I, you know, I, at one time I really wanted to run for state representative, uh, in in uh, in that area. And Tommy Head was our representative, and so um, uh, Tommy was kind of getting ready to uh, to retire and not run, and and so I thought, well, I may just jump out there and run. And then Curtis Curtis jumped out there and ran. Curtis and I are great friends, and I wouldn't do that. Yeah. So do you still have any political aspirations? Absolutely none. (laughs) I've got old enough now that I don't need to do that. I need to let somebody else do that and kind of be in the background. Uh I'll tell you what he likes. What? Cars. Yeah, and I I do like gold metal now. Yeah, I'd rather do that. So we weren't going to do a must ask you a question, but I'm going to ask him a question anyway. Okay. If you were a car, what would you be? I'd have to be a Corvette. Any particular year model? Well, I mean, I kind of like the new ones, not the, <laughs> not the 2020, but the 19. Yeah, yeah, I like the 2019. So he likes it fast. Have you seen? Have you uh-uh. seen? Uh, how many? Do you, how many Corvettes do you have? I have three Corvettes. Okay. Uh, but I like the older cars, and uh, I've got a, uh, a 70 Chevelle SS, oh. and uh, one of my favorites is uh, I've got a, a a 55 Bel Air convertible. Oh, wow. Uh, that's a show car, and but one of my favorites is my '54 pickup. Mm-hmm. It's a '54 model Chevrolet pickup. It's red, and my grandfather had the identical truck. Oh, I like that. And my wife's uh, grandfather had a similar truck to it exactly. We have a picture of him hanging on the wall with his truck. I couldn't find one of my grandfather. But I rode many, many miles in that truck back and forth from Adams to Springfield, especially on the weekends to go buy groceries mm-hmm. at the dollar store. And uh, uh, so I found this old truck and so I've, I've redone it. It it's, looks as nice as it came off the showroom, but it's a, it's a 54 model. And uh, uh, of course that's when I was born in 54. And so I've got a license plate on the front that says 11 That was my birthday. Yeah. And uh, so, it, but it, uh, I like it. I like those old cars and trucks. Do you, um, you don't fix, you fix them up yourself? No, 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 no. I didn't know. I thought no. maybe you had this, you know, you were a butcher. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, that's probably one thing I wished I'd have learned is how to be a real mechanic. Yeah. I mean, I can piddle with them and do certain things, but, you know, to take a motor out or do something right. like that. But that's the reason other people have jobs like that. That's true. Just let them make a living. Let people that. do what they're best let at. That's right. And, and so, 
uh, I, I know who works on those things and who does the best job, and then I try to let them uh, do that. And so it's uh, it's kind of, it's kind of exciting, and and uh, you know you don't get to drive them all all the time, but you know there, there's a certain uh, uh, enjoyment out of looking at them, uh -huh. wiping on them. The accomplishment, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to tag a little auctioneer into this car deal. <clears throat> Have you ever uh, been auctioneer at like a big car show? No. You know, cars is one thing that I've never done. Really? I've never done cars. And, uh, you know, Philip Trailer is, is an yeah. auctioneer in town. Well, Philip lived next door to me when he was growing up. He was a kid. When oh, I that's was, interesting. And, and lived next door to me. And his dad talked to me about Philip going into the auction business. We had that conversation. And so Philip, of course, went into the auction business. He's a great auctioneer, and, and he's a big car auctioneer. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I never did do cattle uh, or cars. And, uh, you know, I've done real estate and, and uh, you know, about anything else that you can sell. Uh, of course, now I'm not, uh, I'm not a licensed auctioneer because I don't need a license to do charity. Mm. And I'm not selling real estate. And, and that's the only reason I do it now is, is, is for charity. There's Just two or three nice. events that, you know, I've done. Uh, I think the Roxy Theater for, I think they're coming up on their 36th uh, gala or something. I think I've done 35 of them. Oh my uh, but, uh, you know, I used to do Flying High early on for many years back before. I remember the first few Flying Highs that we did, you know, we had 70 items mm -hmm. to where now you only have about 10 and they have a dance and all this after. But it was it was real work. But it's fun. It's fun. So you mentioned you've been, uh, you kind of grew up here. You've been in the banking business for a long time. What is something, uh, Carswell's growing like crazy. We know that. What is something that surprises you, like that you remember? that you didn't expect or like some of the changes that have happened that you're like, oh, wow. You know, Wilma Rudolph is amazing. I mean, yeah. it, it, that's I, that's a word for it. Uh, it yeah, that, that's, that's a nice word for it. Uh -huh. But, you know, can, and, and think and you may or may not remember this, but you remember going to when you before we had a mall, everybody went to Rivergate. You remember Rivergate was, they would talk about how the traffic was around Rivergate mm -hmm. Mall and how bad it was. Is that the one was. down here on Riverside Drive? No, Rivergate's in, in Gulledgeville. Yeah. Okay. Gulledgeville. Okay. That was, that you had to get out of town yeah. really go to the mall. And uh, so uh, the traffic was nuts. Now you look at what we've got. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, every every lot's full out there, and and it's tremendous what retail's done. And, and um, you know, now you look at Exit 11. X11 has been slow because yeah. of the the, the right-of-way setback. I think it's held that back a long time, but it's taken off. Uh, I think the next one you'll see is Exit 8 as yeah. it's coming on with, uh, uh, you know, of course, LifePoint out there. You've got how many thousand cars on the weekend going to church? And so, you you know, you got Burger King. You got, is it Popeyes? I think Popeyes. Popeyes, and, Popeyes then, and then they're developing. Isn't that going to be like a business park there? Business well, park. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then if they get the sports park, I don't know how. And then the industry, it all is just piling oh, it, up right there. It's, uh, yeah, it's tremendous. So. Uh, I think all the exits into Clarksville will be major exits at some yeah. point. For sure. Well, I think that that's a positive because we're growing, but we need to get in front of it too, or it's going to become a negative. Yeah, and I and I think our infrastructure probably is a negative right now. I would agree with that. And and I think the extension of um, 
Warfield all the way around, uh, I think that's critical. That's needed, been needed for yeah. a long time. You know, they're they're doing Warfield now uh, close to where I live up there at Dunbar Cave. That really needs to be all the way to uh, Madison Street. Mm -hmm. Well, and they've had that drawn up, I think, for 20 years. Right. And so it just takes a lot of you money to do that. Got to get that bridge things. fixed. Got to have another bridge. Yeah. Because they're going to bottleneck. It's just going to continue to oh, bottleneck yeah. right there until right. two lanes just don't That's right. That's right. Man, there's a lot going on around this town. So what do you think, because, I mean, you're, you've been around for, what do, so what do you think is going to be the next big thing in Clarksville, like, that we need to be focusing on? Like, what do you think, what's something urgent that we need to be, other than our infrastructure, to help us continue to grow? Uh, you know, the... Uh, <clears throat> Of course, if you look at if you look at Clarksville right now, where where's the real estate going to come from? I mean, our farms are getting right. You know, they're disappearing every day, mm -hmm. and so. But yet we're growing, and the more people are moving here, and we don't have the houses for them. We don't have the houses, and and there's a, it's a tremendous market here. It's it's been great, uh, but you know, at some point there's not going to be hardly any real estate. You know, across the river now is is really where the where the farms that are left everything else is pretty well uh taken and, and it's it's got so expensive when it comes for farming i mean it's it's all development and uh you know going toward guthrie is i think you're going to see a tremendous uh growth in that direction because of because of lg and because of google and all those type things and matter of fact we're going out there uh we've already bought the property to Put a uh, operation center out there, mm -hmm. and so we, we see great opportunities with that. I live out Sango area, out 41A, past Bagwell, Mobley Road, that area. Mm -hmm. And when I'm driving home, I'm just in all like the new subdivisions going up, oh, left yeah. and right. Yeah, but could you ever imagine ever imagine driving that road every day to Nashville when that's all we had? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I remember when they put 24 in yeah. and, and there were people just like the event center saying, we don't need that. We don't want that. It was splitting farms up. But can you imagine if we didn't have that road today? Mm -hmm. Well, and, and we need it to be six lane today. Oh, sure. It's sure. not even big enough anymore. I can remember all those trucks used to come through Guthrie on 41 from Chicago to Florida. Oh my. That's the way they came through. So you think about Guthrie, and I, I can remember, uh, uh, you remember when the truckers used to go on strike? You remember they had that song about the truckers on strike? I can remember them coming through 50 at a time, bumper mm -hmm. to bumper. And and um, uh, it was uh, it was pretty amazing. You know, Guthrie was, was a pretty prominent town at one time. Yeah. You know, it was kind of the railroad capital of the South. And, wow. Uh, was it the that interstate traffic? that diverted the traffic that mm -hmm. hurt Guthrie? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and it used to have one of the biggest truck stops right up here at Tiny Town, called the Coffee Cup, and uh, it was it was uh, amazing how many trucks you know went up there. Yeah, but when the interstate came through, it sent all that traffic on up north, mm -hmm. other directions. So, uh, when was it, that the interstate came through? Uh, it was probably seventy four, five. So this is just a like random that. question. Do you remember the first time you drove on that interstate to Nashville? I do. What's that? I do. And I remember because I drove one time before it opened. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. They had it where you could get on sometimes. Uh -huh. And, you know, you, I thought, well, shoot, I'm going to jump on this thing, see what it does. And, see what it's all and, about. And went as far as I could go. And I can't remember where that was. But, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just think that'd be a weird, interesting <laughs> feeling. I've never been on this interstate. I'm going to just see what it's all about. Yeah. But, I mean, even up five or ten years ago, you, I mean, uh, even five years ago, you didn't have the traffic we have oh, today. Yeah. 
it's, it's tremendous changed. on that interstate. Yeah, it's, just, it's I believe. dangerous. I yeah. think every day there's an accident on that interstate between here and Nashville. It is, and I go to I go to Katy's quite a bit on it, and you know there was never very much traffic going that way, but now you've got. You know, with all the all the building up of Exit One and and people from Nashville, you know, going that direction and uh, um, with Fort Campbell, and mm -hmm. it's just it's just uh, it's a busy highway. It is. It's dangerous too. Well, I appreciate you coming in and talking about all this stuff today. I'm I know glad that to do you um, have an interesting story. You have a lot to offer to some of these young professionals. You could probably tell them, hey, expect the unexpected, right? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And just because you hit a pothole doesn't you just keep on going? <laughs> uh, no question about that. Like I said, if there's an opportunity comes up, you know you need to look at it, take some chances, and uh, uh, you, you don't know how it'll end up. I always say there's no plan A; it's just plan A. We just got to tweak it every now and That's then. That's exactly right. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Well, I find your story very interesting, so well, I hope you. that we can talk more about it someday. Good, glad to do it. Thank you for uh, having me over. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Clarksville's Conversation. Subscribe now on your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss a single conversation.